0: What's up, everybody? Since the Sandbox is back on a Monday, we got football today. Happy to be back with you. Tons to talk about. What's up, guys?
1: How we doing? Feels good to be back. Exactly. How we doing, everyone? Another good week coming for you. uh, Another Elf at Kevin Fantasy. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, this, this was a tough week, honestly. A couple people, you know underperformed for me. In the <laughs> yeah. I can't uh, put up a solid
2: 40. Oh <laughs> That's man. That's embarrassing.
1: <laughs> hey, Steve beat me, but he only put up what? 60. So.
0: <laughs> oh yeah. did. The good old Steve with the with the two point wins. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, the segment you guys know when you love, we know you love it. Uh, our impressive teams and players of the week and our, and our disappointing ones. Uh, so I thought off my, in my impressive team, it was definitely the Eagles. Uh, they, they might've not been great for four quarters, but the fact that they were against the wall, playing a great defense, um, they showed up. Their defense showed up definitely. Yeah, they held. I think I have it right here. They had forty minutes of possession in that game. That's crazy. They were on the field. The last drive of the field, they were on the field ten minutes.
2: Yeah, that, that's a long time to to be on the field. And I I don't know if that has to do with the inefficiency on the Bears' part on their offense. And I'll get into that in a little yeah. minute. Or maybe the Eagles are just kind of. Uh, Kind of getting into this stride, but we we know Deshaun Jackson is probably out for the year. uh He's been battling that AB injury since since week one. Since that was his best performance of the year, and unless we see Philly in the playoffs, I don't think that we'll see him again in the regular season.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, they only had they had 373 total yards. I mean, eight for eighteen on on third downs, 26 first downs. I mean, they they That's were huge. moving the ball, and the Bears didn't move the ball, so that was impressive. And uh, for my player, I have Jimmy G. 317 yards, four touchdowns, and got it done when, when the defense didn't. So.
2: And I think it's fair to say that this was Jimmy G's best performance so far to this point. I mean, we everyone was kind of saying, oh, Jimmy G hasn't really had that performance. And I, I was one of those people saying that, too. It was just a Cardinals defense, and everyone's kind of had a big game against that Cardinals defense. But that's a division game for them. So I'm sure that, that it, it wasn't uh, an easy task by any means. But I'm going to get into to my impressive team. My impressive team was the Chiefs. You know, they're kind of rallying around Matt Moore and every other guy that, that that's on that roster kind of seems to step up, whether that's the running back, the receivers, the defense. You know, they, they are just playing well as a team. And we know the Vikings always kind of have bad games when it comes to a big game because we know uh, about Kirk Cousins' history. But I just expected kind of a more dominant – appearance from that Vikings team would you guys say so
0: yeah I mean they're not to spoil it but they're my disappointing team just because they they played well the whole game they matched them the whole game it was it was almost even in yards and first downs everything they just couldn't finish it off and Matt Moore got it done Kev were you kind of surprised Matt Moore's getting it done or
1: not surprised because the the KC offense is good I mean whether Mahomes is there or not they have you know the wide receivers, they have decent running backs, and they obviously have Kelsey, who's one of the best tight ends in the league. Yeah. Um, I definitely didn't think he'd be playing, you know, this good, as good as he's playing, uh, replacing Mahomes. But I wouldn't necessarily say I'm surprised. Um, but I agree with you guys. I definitely think I definitely thought the Vikings were going to come out a lot more dominant than they did. But at the end of
2: the day, you know, Casey's, Casey's a tough team yeah, on yeah. any given day. So. And to hop in with my impressive plays, I'm going to go on the defensive side of the ball. I know often a- – the offensive guys and quarterbacks really catch our eye. But these Charger pass rushers, Joey Bosa and Melvin Gordon, they combined for five-and-a-half tackles, three sacks, and two tackles for loss. And they they got a dub versus Green Bay, and and I'm sure a lot of people didn't expect them to to pull away with that win. And that was kind of – I don't want to say dominant, but they made the same guy that we talked about as a favorite in our MVP race kind of go ghost. So – I mean, we we expect this from these Charger pass rushes every week, but we don't expect the Chargers to show up as they did every week. Kev, you got uh, some impressive plays that that you want to talk about? Yeah, so I'll start off with my impressive impressive
1: team because it goes along with your impressive players. Okay. Uh, I had the I had the Chargers. I thought, you know, I knew it was gonna be you know a a good game. I didn't think it was gonna be a blowout either way, really, but I definitely thought Green Bay was gonna win the game. Uh, that's no question. I thought, like you said, the Chargers did a, the Chargers' defense did a great job of holding that offense to only 11 points, and that's been really one of the hottest offenses all season. And they just had Devonte Adams back for the first time in four or five weeks, so that was shocking to me the fact that they only put up 11 points. And I think it was I think that's saying a lot, like you said, about not only the Chargers, you know, pass rushers, just their defense in general, because the Chargers are one of those teams that kind of have been a disappointment this year all around so it was good to see that does that mean the charges are going up from here probably not but you know even a blind squirrel finds a nut every once in a while (laughs) what are you gonna do and then for my impressive player i had tyree kill didn't have you know the craziest game we've ever seen, but six receptions for 140 yards. That's pretty good. That's you know 23, 24 yards a catch, and he had a touchdown. So
2: his catches on easy catches. Right. he's making
1: some pretty acrobatic he grabs. A, exactly. Catch, yeah, to so put them
0: in field goal range at the end. Yeah, yeah it's like, huge.
1: Yeah, it's. I mean, you know, we've we've seen games like this before. It's not anything out of the ordinary, but definitely, definitely, a, you know, an impressive player for me this week. Like you said, especially given that Mahomes is out too. He, he has Matt Moore throwing the ball so. Um, that was pretty impressive, but to jump into the disappointing, uh, the Patriots. I mean, <laughs> my Pats. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I'll be a realistic Pats fan. They played bad. Not only did they not score and not stop, they had, you know, probably the most penalties they've had all season, and obviously the Edelman fumble and you know the Brady interception where he threw it to no one. He took a page out of Sam Donald's book on that one.
2: So, Kevin, okay, let me just dive in here really quick. Something also to know with the Pats. I don't know if if it was just kind of the, the game script or if there could be uh, things maybe changing in New, New England, but uh, James James White outsnapped Sony Michelle and he he got the ball rushing, he got the ball receiving. We know how involved he is in the offense for the Pats, but but where, where do you think that goes after the bye week?
1: I don't think it I don't think it means anything bad for Sony. I think it was just a game plan. I mean, we know the Pats are notorious for switching out running backs and wide receivers like it's nothing and, and using all their guys. I will say though, if there's one thing maybe to think about, it's that a lot of the time Belichick does stuff like that because he knows we're gonna see a team like the Ravens in the playoff. Maybe he didn't want them seeing, you know, the full Sony package. I don't know. That's just something to, to consider, but
0: I think it was because they were behind. You know what I mean? They they couldn't run the football just just on time purposes. And, and James White gives them that threat because every time they try to run the ball with Sony or, or Burkhead, it was just they saw her coming. You know what I mean? And, and they ran a lot of empty back
1: sets, which really surprised me. Right. Yeah. Plus Sony's more of like a not a power back, but just a straight like running
2: between the tackles. Right.
1: Exactly. Whereas whereas James White, you know, outside he, shifty. He, yeah. Exactly. So he was definitely I think the better flip for, for the game plan. Did it work? Not necessarily, but. James White had a good game, so I'm yeah. not complaining about that. And as far as my disappointing plays, I had two this week. One of them is my guy who I always who I always talk about, and that's Aaron Jones. He only had 30 yards, and he didn't have a touchdown. I mean, that's for the way he's been playing. That's inexcusable, especially against a defense like the Chargers. Like we said, they've been you know disappointing all year. So I was I was expecting a lot better of a game than him. I don't know if that was because Devontae Adams was back or. You know, it just seems like Jamal Williams is kind of taking that next step up, which is weird because he's been playing so good. But low-key, so is Jamal Williams. So, yeah, you yeah. know what I mean? It kind of goes hand-in-hand. Hand. Um, and then my other disappointing player this week was Allen Robinson.
2: You call and him I, and I, <laughs> give him, I knew, hey, listen,
1: and, and it'll be good to see if, if Lou has anything to add on to this too. But I give him the benefit of the doubt because that quarterback situation is all messed up. But still, one reception for six yards, I mean, come on. Lou, well, you dive in before I do.
0: Yeah, I just I don't know with that Allen Robinson. I just thought that you're playing Philly, but that I mean their, their defense has stepped up the last couple of weeks. I don't know if it's because the matchups with Buffalo and Chicago, who are defensive teams, but they, they look good. I mean they, I mean they they could have gotten gashed on some big plays, and they didn't. They only only real big, not even big plays. The only scores they let up were on the goal line to Montgomery twice. You know what I mean? Yeah. It wasn't once they get to the one. There's nothing you can do about it.
2: Right. Yeah, fair enough. I and, just
0: I just think that. It, with, with Allen it, it's just when Trubisky doesn't put the ball on the money he kind of just doesn't get the get the even the targets you know what I mean he had mm. he had six targets the whole game and he only got one in his in his vicinity so yeah
2: and I know it kind of sounds like what we've been beating this drum all, all year with the Bears but the Bears were, were a legitimate Super Bowl contender coming into the year and my disappointing player is Mitch Trubisky and 10 for 21 with 125 yards from the guy you drafted as your franchise quarterback, That that's extremely insufficient, and you're not going to win any games like that. I, I feel like Matt Nagy has kind of taken away the possibility of expanding the passing game for the Bears, and they're just trying to simplify it and just run the ball. We, we saw them kind of just feed Montgomery, and I think that's the only way that, that offense is really going to have success. Maybe they need to get another running back uh, along with Montgomery and Colin to just kind of handle all, all those um, handle all those handoffs because Mitch isn't going to get the job done. Uh, should I just hop in with my disappointing team? Yeah. All right, so my disappointing team is the Jets. How do you lose to the Miami Dolphins? I feel bad for my Jets fans out here, and I also feel bad for my Le'Veon Bell owners. I, I must say I got to shout out my friend, uh, Vinny Lapori. We, we did a trade in a fantasy league. I traded him Le'Veon Bell and Phillip Lindsay last week for Amari Cooper and John Brown, and I'm so happy I got to shed off a Jet. I got to shed off Le'Veon Bell because he he also got a little banged up this week, and he's going for an MRI on his knee. Um, so I just I know I know the Jets have a favorable schedule coming up, but I don't see them getting better after a loss to Miami and that that whole that bottom of the division between the Jets and Miami. It just kind of it's it's hard to watch, honestly. I mean, I know they're both professional teams, but now those guys are playing for next year, and we're just kind of going to be seeing rookies showcase. Um, did you guys both talk about your disappointing teams?
0: Yeah, I, I said the Vikings. I can't even dive into how, how, how upset I am at them. They're just yeah. not made for the end of the game. Yeah. yeah.
2: And so let's just let's just take this into, into our, our next segment. And we've had a lot of top teams fall this week. So the Vikings lost, the Pats lost, Lou, York Colts lost, and the Packers lost. The Pats are on a bye. The Vikings play Sunday night football against Dallas. The Colts are in a favorable matchup uh, against Miami, hoping that Brissett plays. And the Packers play against Carolina next. But let's just take this with the Vikings. Um, tough game at Dallas, Sunday night football. Uh, is is this going to be another loss the Vikings?
0: Yep, that's another loss right there. Yeah, I don't think that they can stop the run, and I think that, uh, I think it'll be a close game. Like they're kind of the same team. They both have good defenses, and I always like to call Cousins the anti Dak Prescott, where he puts up crazy numbers but never pulls it out in the end of the game. Where Prescott puts up average numbers, but then he pulls it out in the end of the game, and they both rely on the run game and the veteran tight end.
2: Yeah.
1: You know what? Vikings win 30 to 24.
2: Wow. That's all I'm going to say. Fair enough. And that's all I'm going to say. It's going to be interesting to see how this Monday night game plays out because if the Giants somehow miraculously pull out a win, I mean, that's a must-win game for both teams next Sunday night. So I'm kind of hoping that that's the case. But, Kev, let's get into it with uh with your pack, as we know you kind of favor them a little bit. They're home versus Carolina next week. Do you think they turn it around against that tough Carolina team?
1: Yeah, I think that's definitely a winnable game. Not saying that Carolina's bad because I think Carolina is definitely – Going in the right direction, especially after the start they got off to. But I think that's definitely a winnable game. Think it's a game, somewhat of a bounce back game. I mean, I'm not worried about the pack. Is you're gonna have a bad game here and there. Yeah, it's it's just gonna happen, especially when your offense has been that hot and your defense has been that hot all at the same time. You're gonna drop a couple games, but I mean this this week coming up, definitely a winnable game, and I think definitely a game that you know if they do win, they can feel good about themselves and kind of take a deep breath and be like, right, listen, see. We're all right. Because realistically, like that Panthers defense is better than the Chargers defense. So and, if you come out and beat them, that's a sigh of relief. You can you can sit back and say, All right, you know what, maybe we just had a bad game. We're fine. We just beat a good defense. Things like that. You know, what and, I
2: mean? and honestly, if if the Saints do win that division, Carolina is is most likely going to to wind up as as a wild card team. I mean, that's at least the way it looks right now. So that can very much be a playoff match that that we that we see later on in the season. But Lou, give us an update on the Colts. What do we think happens with Brissett next Sunday? How are we looking without Ty? Can the run game sustain and lead the Colts to a victory versus Miami next week?
0: Uh, Right before I touch on them, uh, lock on the Packers win next week. I love teams that get embarrassed. Everyone knows this. They laid a big egg on CBS. They are going to bounce back at home. Uh, But, yeah, with the Colts, so even more bad news. Uh, Paris Campbell, fractured hand, out three weeks. So the Colts number one, two, and three receivers are all out. Uh, Devin Punches is on IR for the season. Yeah. And uh, they said that Prescott's optimistic, but he might not play just to give him the extra rest and I'm fine with that just because we have a tough end of the season coming up and I think we can walk through Miami regardless I think it'll be a closer game than than most because Miami does have a little juice now but I, again I don't I don't see them scoring on us our defense was very good versus first Pittsburgh you know what I mean if we didn't fumble three times <clears throat> excuse me if we didn't fumble three times and Hoya doesn't throw. A pick six, they really don't score on us. You know yeah. what I mean? But you know, I'm optimistic. I like our chances heading forward. I just, uh, I just wish we we're healthy. That's it. Yeah, fair so, healthy.
2: so, so just just before we finish up on the Colts, do you think that Brian Flores having any familiarity with, with Brian with Brian Hoyer and kind of being in this same building for such a long period of time? Do you think if Brissett is to miss Sunday, that that's something that you should be worried about?
0: No, because I think it's going to be so mile and Mac and tight end heavy that they're really going to ask Brian Hoy to do the bare minimum and like, defense. Yeah, really. exactly. Like, I don't, <clears throat> I just don't see that. I just don't see them scoring. I really don't. And if we have the ball, I think we're going to kill time of possession, kind of the way the Eagles did this week. So, it's exactly kind of how I see it playing out. Low scoring. Maybe Good. Miami will score some garbage time. but Good
1: team win this week, yes. i call it. Yeah. So. It's, it's always, huge, always a great huge team Huge team
2: game. Now, now let's take this to the Pats, guys. The Pats finally <clears throat> lost their first game. So, everyone's head going into the bye. We can get a little more level in now. Um but coming back after the bite, they, they play against the Eagles. I think they play against the Cowboys after that. So they go on a stretch versus NFC East teams. And these teams could be playoff teams by, by the time they, they play against each other. Uh, what, what do we think for the Pats? I mean, I don't think any of us think that the Pats are struggling. Uh, versus, versus the Ravens last night, they didn't show too much, as in formation-wise and, and things like that. Everything was very similar. So I think that's something to know. Maybe they they were kind of preparing for this for, for maybe the playoffs. But where do we think the Pats go after the bye? That's exactly what I was saying to my roommate
1: earlier, too, because he's an Eagles fan. So he was, like, you know, busting him on me. What happened to your Pats and stuff? Um, and, I was, and I was explaining to him, like, a lot of – like, I'm not saying, you know, we lost that game flat out because we didn't play good. But with that being said, a lot of the times in those games, Belichick's notorious for, like you said, not showing his formations on both ends of the ball, because you know, we see the Ravens in the playoffs, then they don't know what we're coming with. Yeah, and Belichick likes to see what they run, you know what I mean? Like, now he knows we have to stop Lamar Jackson, we have to stop Mark Ingram. I mean, even though they beat us, you guys saw what happened when we made Lamar throw, wasn't great. If we had made him do that all game, probably would have been a different outcome. But what are you gonna do? But as far as them, sh- like, I think them losing a game was <laughs> the best thing to happen to them, honestly. I hate. Having that stigma and that pressure of going 16 and 0 because we've seen what happens when, you know what I mean? Like, it doesn't mean anything if you don't win the Super Bowl. So I think it's good for them to lose a game. And I'm sure they might, they'll probably drop another game this season. I'm, I'm under no, you know, consumption that they're going 15 and 1. Like, it's just not going to happen. And I hope they do drop another game or two because they'll still be at the top of the AFC. But in the back of their head, they'll know they're human, they'll know they're beatable. And that way, Belichick can make the adjustments. If you go sixteen and zero, there's really no adjustments to make because you're sixteen and zero. So losing a game is kind of a reality check, and it's time for Belichick to bid down and be like, "Listen, this is what we have to fix." and stuff like that. So, I think the Pats are going to be fine. I think Sanu looked really good uh, last night. So, if he can continue that and, and Edelman can stay healthy and continue playing good, then I think the Pats' offense is going to be fine as long as they mix the other, you know, Nikhil, Harry, and Dorsett's in here and there, they're yeah. going to be fine. Well, so that's what I was, worried about them.
2: That's what I was just going to say. They'll get Nikhil, Harry, back into the mix as well. Uh, Lou, do you think that, like Kev said, the Pats might, might lose another game this season or at least he's hoping, do you think they could slip up against either the Eagles or the Cowboys?
0: Yeah, well, first off, I, I don't think anybody in their right mind thought they were going 16-0. and 0. Yeah.
2: Um,
0: I mean, I, I know a couple people.
2: Chad. Chad.
0: Chad. Chad. <laughs> Chad. That's it. Um, but, no, I just think that I agree with Kev 100%. I don't think they showed everything. I think that they wanted to see what it was like to play Lamar because we've seen that just like in the Chargers game last season, he, he ran, ran reckless on them the first game, and then the Chargers played him in the playoffs, and he had the worst three quarters by a quarterback of all time in a playoff game. So I think the same thing could happen. I'm more worried about their own line coming up against two teams with a good pass rush. Uh, and they obviously they, – the Pats haven't ran the ball well all season. I don't care what, what 100-something yards per yeah. game says. They really haven't ran the ball well, like, per possession. Like, Sony averages <laughs> three yards a carry. Yeah, I
2: was going to say, it's nothing crazy.
0: James White only really runs the ball when they're down because they need an option out of the backfield. They need to keep him on the field. But I, yeah, I get. I think I like the the Eagles matchup. Uh, they have a good pass rush. I I think it. I mean, I think it's going to be a high scoring game. But I'm more, much more worried about the Pat's offense going forward than the defense. I honestly think so. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely.
2: That defense, I think, is still solidified yeah, as the definitely. best defense for sure. Um, but as we talk about some some top teams that fall, I think we could talk about some teams that we can kind of stick a fork in and. That's all she wrote with these guys. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm just going to address all four of them, and then we can go around one by one. Uh, Redskins, Jets, Browns, and Dolphins. I want to start with the Browns because this is a team that players, uh, people had Super Bowl expectations for. And I I, I don't want to say I called bluff because I thought they might have been able to sneak in for a wild card, but, man, they're bad. I mean, you can't beat a Broncos team that that's starting a quarterback that I mean, probably wouldn't have a job in any other quarterback room to be realistic. So what do you guys think the, the direction of the Browns is maybe after this year? Do you think uh, Freddie Kitchens is done as a coach?
0: Has to be. It's, yeah. it's embarrassing. That he's just not a head coach. They're not prepared. They still are terrible uh, discipline-wise. They, they have, I'm pretty sure, still the most penalties in the league. Oh, by a, by a landslide, I think. And you have guys, like, going off on social media uh, that Kid White had just got cut because he was threatening reporters. For, for he threatened saying, to kill somebody. Yeah, <laughs> uh, he, uh, Dustin Fox of uh, I'm pretty sure it was either ESPN or or Fox Network. He threatened him, saying he was going to kill him because the guy said he wasn't tackling. Like, like, dude, you really have that kind of, like, animosity and, and built-up frustration in the locker room? And they and they saw Rodell on the sidelines say, uh, I'm not getting the ball. Like, I, I'm not getting the ball. Like, they're obviously not planning – to use him like that, and they, they don't have a good game plan. They never consistently have one. Like, are they running a running team or they a passing team? Yeah. They still don't know. Their pass rush is the only like, like solvable thing that they have. You know what I mean? Because of Miles Garrett, but mm-hmm. outside of that, man, it's a complete shit show.
2: Yeah, it, it very much could be. And and just to kind of add to the Browns' Kev, before you hop in, Odell could be a name that these Patriots fans could be calling in the off season if the Browns are looking to get away from his contract and. and get a new coach, and they want to start all over, I think that they'll choose Jarvis Landry over Odell because he's the cheaper option. I think he's less of a, a, a mental head case. and There's going to be a number of teams that that really will try and, and still get Odell, and I think in the right situation, I, I still think he's the best receiver with, with the ball in his hands. I think he's a dynamic route runner. We know what his catching ability is like. But I bet you he wished he was still on the Giants, and I know I've said this before, but Kev, anything you want to add to the Browns? No, I, I, I pretty much agree with everything you guys said. I think as far as
1: Odell's concerned, and and I'll, I'll take blame to this too because I, I was one of those people. I think a lot of the people in the beginning of the year were blaming him for him playing so bad, but I think now we're starting to see that it's – it's. I mean, obviously, he still has something to do with it, but we're starting to see that it's just the Browns. It's just Freddie Kitchens. It's just their play calling. Like, they're not even giving the poor guy a chance. And this is a guy that, you know, left the Giants going to Cleveland expecting to win.
2: Yeah. And
1: you know what I mean? When you have a talent like that that just wants to win and is that good, you have to keep him happy. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you have to throw him the ball. Like, I, just, it just doesn't make sense to me why he's not getting the ball because he's really – I mean, besides Chubb, they're – best offensive player. I mean,
2: yeah, I mean Andrew's
1: good, but yeah. obviously he's no OBJ, but I mean, please, if the Pats got him,
2: no, I would, never love, that. Never I would love that. happen. It They so,
0: won't get burned by three head case-wide receivers in a row. Won't happen.
2: So I, I just want to add a little bit to that, Odell. I believe that there is a hundred receivers in the league that are targeted more in the red zone than Odell. How yeah. crazy is that? They're the worst Man.
0: red zone team in the league.
2: That, that That's an insane stat. How, how do you not draw up plays to get a top ten player in the NFL, the ball—it it blows my mind. But let, let's get to our, our next our next team, and that's the Dolphins. We saw we saw a big game from from uh, rookie receiver Preston Williams, who later tore his ACL, and Mark Walton, uh, starting running back for them, got suspended for PEDs. Um, so, so that's leaving the Dolphins limited with weapons. Do we think that they can sneak another game in, or is this the only win of the Dolphins' season?
0: Uh, yeah, probably the only win of
1: the yeah. season. I, <laughs> I
2: don't even think they had a right win in that game. No, yeah, we've
0: seen Fitz, Fitzpatrick. He does this. It's two, three-game spurts where he's really, really good, and then all of a sudden it's like, wait, he's not that good. Like, those throws that he, he makes off his back foot and that he kind of presses in a coverage, they just don't get by receive. I, I mean, by defenders, and, and they get picked off or batted down and mm-hmm. he gets sacked. Like, there's no way this whole line holds up the way it's been. I, don't, I just don't believe it. Yeah.
2: No, fair enough. Kev, anything you want to add to the Dolphins before we get to the no, Jets? the Dolphins stink. All right, so start us off with the Jets, Kev. Can you believe that the Jets lost this game to the Dolphins? I mean, I know it's a division game. The Jets have the better roster, though, and they were equipped to compete in the AFC.
1: Yeah, I definitely, you know, that's a bad loss. But at the same time, as a Pats fan, i love to see it. But realistically, the Jets have to – they just need to figure it out. You know what I mean? They – They're good enough like you said, coming into the season they were, you know, a contender for the AFC and it's just the fact that they're this bad, I don't like it's gotta be on the coaching at this point, right? It's they have the they have the weapons. I mean, I know Le'Veon, like you mentioned, Steve's getting an M R I, but even up to this point, they haven't really been utilizing them as they should have been. No, for sure. And they have decent receivers. Like they don't have horrible
2: receivers. Yeah, Crowder Anderson.
1: Right, and Sam Donald will be good I mean he's still learning and still going through the the growing pains but he'll be fine so I don't know if it's the replace the coach they have to replace I don't know if they just have to you know figure it out like as with the coaching like keep the coach but just figure out a different game plan I don't know what it is but I wouldn't say I wouldn't say as far as this season they're done but I wouldn't say their future's done I think they have a bright future
2: yeah I mean they they very much could and Lou do you think that that I mean, by, by the end of the season, does Gay still have his job with the Jets?
0: Absolutely not. This is the this is the per. I've never seen a shitstorm like this in my life. You fire the, the GM goes, then you get him and a head coach who aren't on the same page. The head coach uh, didn't get to draft anybody. He didn't sign Le'Veon Bell, uh, and he did not want to sign Le'Veon. And then he has his quarterback has mono. Uh, your number one pick gets hurt. Your best player, C.J. Mosley, gets hurt. And then all of a sudden, Jamal Adams on the trade block? Yeah. Like, what 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 could cause you to say, hey, we're an injured team and our best players aren't playing, so let's just try to trade our only healthy best player. Like, what what sense in the world does that make? And it's clear to see, and I was a Gates defender because he was a big Peyton Manning guy, and they, they obviously uh, were really good friends when he was a coach of his in Denver, but it, he's just not a head coach. It's proven time and time and again. He's like Todd Bowles good at a good as a coordinator but not a head coach like if they had bowls as a defensive coach case as a um offensive coach and say like even rex ryan as a head coach they would be a decent football <laughs> yeah team.
2: they probably would um so i i mean I, I think that wraps it up for everything that we need to touch it on touch up on for the for the jets but before before we we talk about our our, our mvp race let's get into our last all she wrote team that's the redskins the redskins are heading into a bye week, Haskins didn't look great. Are they drafting a quarterback this off season or are they going to ride it out with Haskins?
0: They're going to ride it out for another season because I feel like they think they're not as far as they they could be. Like I'll say this, they're closer as a team than Miami. Oh, yeah. Yeah, fair enough. And and I just don't think that even though the coach uh doesn't doesn't have like they don't have a coach yet. I I think that Haskins will learn, and that he will kind of acclimate himself to an offense once they get one. And yeah, they just have to build, and you can't draft a guy that high. Kevin, is he the guy, or do they think he's the guy?
1: I think they think he's the guy, and he very well could be. We we don't know yet. We have to see more from him. But Lou, I gotta agree with you. I don't think the, like obviously the Redskins are bad, but I don't think there is as bad off as people think like they have pretty decent running backs like they don't have horrible running backs and they have a couple good receivers like yeah they could use maybe another receiver on the outside and another maybe pass catching running back something like that and a tight end but like they're really not like like Lou said the Dolphins and even you know a couple other teams I think are or further away than, than the Redskins are. It's just how they draft and what they do in the off season. I mean, obviously they're not going anywhere this year, but I wouldn't say that, you know, it's necessarily like time to rebuild or anything like that. I think they have enough to build around to be a decent team, but then again, who knows? Like like you said, with that conference and stuff
2: too, it's hard. So Yeah, and something that we really haven't talked about that has been all over sports headlines is this whole Trent Williams situation so i I don't know if you guys feel feel passionate enough to to just talk a little bit about opinion on, on the on the Redskins organization as a whole, but just think like if 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 you were Trent Williams and the organization that's right in your checks knew you had cancer and they just didn't diagnose you with that like how would you feel i mean I think that's really bad uh, look on the organization i think players are going to start taking them out of their consideration for free agency and i think it could even get to the point where where the nfl might step in and be like hey if this is that blatant and it was obvious like that it was cancer at the time and you guys didn't recognize it they might say that they need new ownership possibly i mean yeah
0: i think it's definitely i think it's more on the medical staff as a whole you could you could see a whole revamping of the medical staff um if if it really does get that far. And yeah, it, it does suck. Um, but again, I'm not going to try to sound like an asshole, but you have your own personal doctors. If, if one doctor misses it and then you're still going to your own doctor and they both miss it, I wouldn't blame the team, but yeah, you have to recognize that if the guy has a tumor on his head, yeah, you kind of got to see it.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I, I agree, but, um, that's all she wrote. So, so let's get into our MVP race. I mean, I, I think, I think the favorites around the league right now, uh, Definitely Christian McCaffrey, Russ, and Rodgers. But after that game that Lamar played, he's got to be in the conversation, right?
0: Uh, honestly, for me, no. Just because, I mean, the numbers aren't there. And first he can't of all. throw. Yeah, he can, <laughs> I think he can throw. It's just McCaffrey's numbers are better, and the team is winning solely because, because of, of him. him right? um, Russ is the best player in the NFL, and they're winning solely because of him. I'll say this: I put Lamar slightly above Rogers uh, in the race, but I still have Watson above above Lamar. And I, I just think that it's tough if you're going to average like 180 pass yards a game, but you're getting it done on the feet with like 75 yards a game. You're still only putting up like 250 combined yards. You know what I'm saying? Russell throw for more than that.
2: Yeah. uh You know what I
0: mean? So it's tough. I don't want to be a hater because I really like the kid, and he's been counted out uh, a lot, like especially in the draft. He's he's the best kid out of that class right now by by a light. Yeah. So. Yeah, he's not in the top three for me yet, but he he's slowly approaching. Like if he if he puts together a few two hundred plus yard touchdown uh, two hundred plus yard game and has like three touchdowns a game for the next like four or five games, then yeah, we can talk about it.
2: Yeah, I mean I, I would say, I think it's fair to say that McCaffrey's leading the race and I, I think it's a little distant now too. After after Russ had a couple of bad games, obviously he bounced back. But Kev, would you say that McCaffrey's still the, the workhorse for the MVP?
1: Yeah, I think so. I think it's just tough for McCaffrey because it's such a quarterback-heavy award. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it's no seat like he definitely deserves it. Like if if I was giving the award, it would be McCaffrey. But I think just the way the NFL gives it out, it, it will end up being a quarterback. But I kind of, I kind of, I don't know. I like Lamar. I think we just have to see more, more as far as him airing it out. Yeah, he's not a horrible thrower, but I think compared to you know the other two. That they just do both so well that he has to like it's no secret he's probably the best running quarterback in the league. Yeah, you know I mean he's pretty much like Mike Vick 2.0. But then again, where did that get Mike Vick? You know what I mean? So yeah, we'll see. No, for I mean, sure. but but I mean, McCaffrey's gonna be the clear cut number one. But but let me ask you something. What about Dalvin Cook? Would you guys put him in the conversation or?
2: I I don't put him in the conversation just because I I don't know. Like like we said, I think I think his value to the team is is a lot different than than McCaffrey's I think I think if if McCaffrey continues to put up the numbers that he does and he's not just putting up like rushing in and receiving numbers like he's going like if he continues at this pace like his he's gonna break the touchdown record oh yeah so so I mean Dalvin Cook is a great player I just I don't I don't even know where, where the Vikings necessarily will well end up like towards the end of the season. And I, I think McCaffrey can actually carry the Panthers to a wild card spot. I don't think that they'll win the division over the saints. Um, but I, I honestly could see the Panthers knocking the Vikings out for, for a wild card. That's just me though.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. I think if they play head to head, I like, I like the Panthers now. But just for me, I'll say this. I, if, it, if I'm choosing today, it's going to be Russell Wilson. But I think, I think McCaffrey will win it because of that narrative. I think the media loves a story. Like, like the only reason Lamar Jackson is in the MVP race right now is because they beat the Patriots. If this was any other team on Thursday night, on Monday night, on Sunday night football, sorry, and he, he plays the way he did, which was good but not great, the whole narrative isn't even there. Yeah. You know what I mean? And if McCaffrey was like, he's the sole force, like he is the clear cut, in my opinion, number two in the race, just because I think Russ is just on another level mm-hmm. of stupid good. But yeah, no, I think he's going to. I, I think by the end of the season, they'll put his numbers up against Sean Alexander's and APs, and someone on the national media will cry and say, they can't. there's no way they get the MVP, and he doesn't. So sure. I do think that will get flipped his way, because with Russell Wilson, I think he will have some games where he just makes the big plays and doesn't put up the numbers, uh-huh. but they will win. And, I, and the thing I take into account is he plays in the hottest division in the world. Pretty much, yeah. So, no, I
2: mean it is. We what were we talking the other day? We were talking about the Pats like competing in their division compared to Russ in his division. And when when Brady has to play Miami, Buffalo, in the Jets twice a year, and Russell's playing the Rams, the 49ers, and Cardinals. I mean, it's just different competition altogether, and that's half your schedule. Yeah, and they got to play
0: the Saints on top of that.
2: Yeah, they got to play.
0: They play like crazy games, dude. If if they come out of this season with less than with less than five losses, how don't you give it to the dude? Like, he's, like you said earlier, uh, we were texting about it. He literally turned Tyler Lockett, a punt returner.
2: Into a number one.
0: Yeah, and, and, into literally one of the best fantasy fantasy options on the planet. And DK Metcalf's a talented wide receiver, but coming out of college, he didn't have great hands, and he wasn't a good route runner, and he fell. And he's yeah. making him look like a, a number one round pick. Do
2: you, do you think Josh Gordon's going to be a huge help for Russell? I think that it's going to turn Metcalf into a number three receiver. I think Josh Gordon, as as the season progresses, can be a solid number two. I don't think he's touching Lockett's reps, though. Lockett's reps and his, his oh, targets. Oh, yeah, no, I don't think so.
0: Either. I don't even think he stays with the team because is all about, like, the player empowerment, not as strict. Uh, and that's kind of how it was in Cleveland before um, he moved to the path. So, and if Bill Belichick couldn't straighten him out and they don't want him on the team, no, I, sure. I think it's over for that kid. And I don't want it to be – because I remember when he was Flash Gordon, dude, I remember those those years he was breaking records in Cleveland after yeah. he, he didn't play the first few games. With who,
2: Brandon Whedon? <laughs> yeah, well, what's
0: his name, dude? Who was that, Quinn?
2: No, yeah, it was wasn't Brady. Was
0: it, uh, no, nah, I was going to
2: say Sean Kaiser, but that was a year after. Hey, I can't believe there's really been that many quarterbacks in Cleveland. We can't even think of who his quarterback was. And he was probably there, what, four years ago? Was it McCown, maybe? No? Yeah,
0: I think it was McCown. He was there. That's all yeah, we know. Yeah. <laughs>
2: there, there was probably five quarterbacks there every single year over the past couple of years. But I don't know. I, I'm just – I'm rooting for Josh Gordon. When when he kind of uh, fell off at the end of last season, I actually – I met him. I, I got to talk to him a little bit uh, through an event with the Boys and Girls Club. And he seemed like a, a really cool dude. Like, he was he was happy to be with the kids, and he was, like, really interested. So – I, I don't yeah, I don't know. And tell,
1: and tell us what happened after you met him. <laughs> yeah,
2: after I met him, he, he he decided to to smoke some weed and <laughs> and just kind of uh, it uh, kind of took Josh Gordon down down a, another road. And, so and what
1: and what's one of the cities that marijuana
2: is legal in? Seattle. So that's another red flag. just, yeah. just throwing that out. No, right? I mean we'll see. You know, we'll we'll see. I I'm just I'm rooting for the kid. Like Lou said, when when he was talented and playing at his best, he was a top talent in the league and. If, if anyone's going to get the best out of him, I think it could be Russell Wilson. So
0: Yeah, that's it. It's just tough because, like, if you're talking about two professional QBs, there's no two more professional than Russell Wilson and Brady. Like yeah. They're, like, the top tier of, like,
1: professionalism. They don't
0: throw shots. And, like, whenever they're on an interview, Russell Wilson talks about, like, and Brady talks about the opponents and how great they are. Like, that's all you hear from them is, like, these guys are so talented. They're so good. Yeah. Like, oh, my goodness, it's going to be a nightmare playing them. I mean, even though they'll, they'll, they'll slap him when the game comes, it's just you don't see more consummate professionals and leaders than that. And maybe yeah. he can convert them to Christianity and have them saying prayers with Sierra. You know what I
1: mean? <laughs> so, yeah. As long as Josh Gordon doesn't listen to future, I think they'll be all right. But. You can't. Yeah, <laughs> uh, so, also, one more thing we wanted to talk
0: about in uh, NBA news, kind of historic. Uh, LeBron and Luka Doncic played each other uh, on Friday night in game went into OT. It was a great game. Now they both had triple-doubles, but it's the biggest age gap between two players having a triple-double in the same game ever. Uh, 14 years. And LeBron, out of the top five of them, LeBron has like four of them. Mm-hmm. And Magic has the other one with someone else. Uh, but, you yeah, know, pretty crazy. Yeah. I, you think?
2: I think I think that has to go with, with kind of what we have been saying and in, in talking about with, with Luka Doncic. Like, I think we all recognize him as – as really one one of the greats and one of the next players that that are gonna be on that superstar level. I don't want to say he's necessarily a superstar yet because he's still young. He still has a lot to learn, but through the years and in and, and just just with the experience, I, I think he's gonna be one of those guys. I think Luca, like I said before, will win an MVP one day, oh, yeah. and and who knows if um if if Dallas can get to a finals, but if if he can even do that too, um that that would uh. Definitely make a legacy out of himself, you know?
0: Yeah, and I saw one thing, a uh, question on Twitter. And, Kev, I, I want to see how you feel about this. It was, it, was a, it was a Luka Doncic, and a greater sign, Devin Booker. And, and at this point, I really do think
1: Luka Doncic is a better player than Devin Booker. I think so, too. Kev? I think Luke is the better player, but I think Booker has more flat-out talent, if that makes sense. I don't know. That's tough. That's just my opinion. Yeah, no. Nah. You know, what I mean, I think, I mean, I'm not, I'm not making excuses for Booker, but obviously, you know, Doncic has us now and stuff like that, which, you know, Booker last year Doncic didn't really have much, so I'll give him, you know, I'll give him that, but I think Booker's just underrated. I really do, and I've, I'm a big Devin Booker guy. You guys know that. I always talk about him, but it's definitely close though. I mean, either way, whoever you say is better. I don't think it's, I don't think it's far off either way. No. Um but they also they also have like two totally different styles of play too, which is which is tough. But I think just I don't know, I think we're just like in a league now where triple-doubles come so commonly like years ago like triple-doubles like they were such a big deal. Now it's like people are dropping them like there's like there's like a, right, like a, yeah. like a, like a triple-double a week at least. Like yeah, I mean, it's crazy.
0: That that's true, but it's just like he's the youngest player ever with back-to-back 25-point triple-doubles. And he broke Magic's record and is yeah. shattering it right now for right. most triple doubles before he turns 21. He doesn't turn 21 till the all-star break. I know. What, like, like, how is that even humanly possible yeah. that he is this
2: good? And honestly, what a find for the Mavericks, huh? I mean, obviously, Luca was, was going to be a top pick regardless of where he went. But he's, he's turning that franchise around. I mean, the Mavericks really haven't been anything since, since they won with Dirk years back. And, and now he, he it seems like they're, they're a team that's going to be competing in, in the West for the next 10 years, you know?
1: It was funny, too, because we were doing those duo rankings last week. Who's better, you know, Jokic and, and Murray or Porzingis and, and Doncic? And I went home this weekend, and, and my dad was like, listen, dude, Porzingis and Doncic are the better duo. And, and that surprised me because my dad – is a big like, satch big, <laughs> he's a huge he likes he loves jokic and he's not a fan of murray like me but i mean i don't know maybe maybe they are the next you know maybe they are with a better duo i don't know
0: I, I honestly i i this is kind of reckless to say but i think at this point i think luka Doncic is so goddamn good it doesn't matter if paul is, is honestly playing or not like so i'm saying he's light years ahead of jamal murray oh my dude he might be ahead of Jokic. like he literally takes over games
2: obviously Doncic isn't a prospect anymore but is he the best young player in this league it like within with people that have five years or less of experience is he the best player out of everyone
0: oh yeah yeah. oh honestly like it might not be close like trae young like be like the only dude who's like on that
1: level but
0: But he's banged up yeah like it, it uh, dude that's so crazy yeah he's He's, not even he's definitely the most
1: consistent that's for sure and the most i think developed thus far because obviously like you still got guys like jason tatum then in the third year but jason tatum's not at the level that luka Doncic is at yet the celtics expect him to be one day yeah but luka just he just developed so quick it was like like it was like he was in the league and like as soon as he got in the league it was like just Domination. And to be
2: honest, I don't even think we've seen his sailing yet. Oh, definitely. I really really don't think. How could we have? He's only 20 years old, like you said. That's what I'm saying. I I think over the next four years, we could see the development of, I don't want to say LeBron esque because that's a talent that we may never see again. But he's going to be right up there it, it, if he continues this pace to, to be on a, on a debatable top 10 all-time list. I know it's really early to say that, but I'm just saying if he's consistent and the numbers carry out, it's very possible.
0: Yeah, outside of his he, – he's not great on defense, but he really reminds me of Bird. He's six seven, uh-huh. can handle, but his handles aren't great. He doesn't
1: have the most athleticism either. Yeah, he, he, he,
0: he kind of just relies on his finesse moves. In his skill set,
1: because Maybe he's crafty too. Oh man, I love he's, he's kind of like Paul Pierce. He's like not athletic, but he just creates shots like it's nothing. Yeah,
2: and he's a great decision maker too. Yeah, he is. And, and, and it's like you see him late in the game, and any time in the in the game, honestly, he just can kind of flip the switch and take it over. Um, anything else that we want to add to that, guys? Yeah,
0: just real quick. He, LeBron put up 39, 12 and sixteen. Luca Luca didn't shoot fifty percent, but he put up 31, 13 and fifteen. Wow. Like, like what? Yeah. <laughs> LeBron, those- LeBron even said it after the game. He went up to him. He was like, yo, dude, you're a bad mother alpha. Like that's legit what he said to yeah. him. I'll tell you
1: one thing. Those fans definitely got their money's worth with the tickets. That's I know, right?
2: <laughs> I know. I'd say, but yeah, I think that wraps up another great episode for us here at Sense the sandbox. Uh, you guys will hear back from me and Lou tomorrow. We'll give you an update on why Kev won't be here, but, uh, yeah, that that's it. So uh, let's watch this Monday night game, and you guys will hear from us tomorrow.
0: yeah. Peace out, everybody.